Alright everybody, second episode time. Just got out of the shower so I feel pretty refreshed. Something that I've discovered lately, if you've never used it, like face wash, it feels pretty dang good. You just put that stuff on your face, like wait 60 seconds, like dang, it's pretty good. Not gonna lie. So, I know there's a million other things you could be doing today. You know, walking your dog, watching a TV show, actually listening to a sports podcast that has a producer and a budget. But thank you for taking out time any day to listen to an idiot talk sports, genuinely. Alright, so there's four things I think I'm going to talk today. One, at the end, that I don't know, it depends on how long the show goes for, but I might put it in at the end. Just to, like, if this is goes for like 40 minutes already, then maybe I won't. Just depends on how I'm feeling. But the first thing I want to talk about is Julio Jones. So I already talked about a little bit about it on my Instagram over at Idiot Talk Sports. If you can go check that out, greatly appreciate it. Only got one post so far, but I'll, I'll be adding it to it as this whole thing goes along. So Julio Jones got traded to the Titans, the Tennessee Titans to be specific, for a second round pick and a fourth round pick. I mean, Julio Jones is like, I, do you? You put him in, like, the greatest, some of the greatest wide receivers of our generation topic. But he's also old and expensive. So, what the Titan Falcons, Falcons, the the Falcons wanted probably was a first-round pick for him, which makes total sense. But they just weren't going to get it because he's been injured, like, for the last two seasons, I think. So, you're not going to get a first-round pick for a 33-year-old 32, 33-year-old wide receiver who has been injured and also has, like, the biggest cap hit of a wide receiver in the NFL. It's just not going to happen, no matter how good he is. So the Falcons traded him to the Titans. And from the Falcons' perspective, I get why they traded him. They're up against the cap. They still have Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. But then there's also the other side, and why I don't get it. Okay, so the Falcons are in a pretty interesting situation. So they were they had pick number four in the draft, right? And I was debating with myself along with a lot of other people, what should they do? You got Matt Ryan, a vet, like the most average quarterback you can have, who is getting up there in age. And you're thinking, do we want to draft his replacement with the fourth overall pick, one of these quarterbacks in the draft, so we can just go in behind Matt Ryan? Or do we want to make a Super Bowl push? Now, how I I split it into two. Alright. So if you draft Matt, if you draft Matt Ryan's replacement, okay. You keep the current team, you see what you got, you got a new head coach, you got a new GM. Let's play this out for a couple years and see what happens. If you draft Kyle Pitts, you try to make a Super Bowl push. You go, you just, you do everything you can to try to make a Super Bowl this year because you only have a couple of years left. But they went in the middle. They did both of those. So the only way I think they're trying to do this is they're going to try to put, they're going to try to use Kyle Pitts as like the number two receiver because now he basically is. Calvin Ridley is obviously number one. He is an outstanding wide receiver still on his rookie deal. 
So he is obviously number one. So Kyle Pitts has to be like the tight, the second receiving option now at tight end for them. Because I don't think they got like anything else on that roster wide receiver guys. And then who's even the running back anymore? I I honestly have no idea. You know what? I'm gonna look it up real quick. Why not? Let's see what we got. Last year I know it was Oh, Todd Gurley. I know he's still like a free agent right now, I think. You could probably hear the keyboard. It's fun. Alright, running backs. Mike Davis. I mean, so you got nothing in the backfield. But hopefully with these wide receiver options, they can actually do something. But I honestly don't think the Falcons are going to do that good this year. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the future. Now for the Titans, I mean, god dang, this is a good thing for them. You give away a second and a fourth for Julio Jones. From their perspective, it's a great trade. Because you give it up nothing for Julio Jones, and you always want to add weapons to your team. Because you can go, you can do no wrong with adding weapons. Sure, should they spend the money on their defense that is pretty bad? Yeah, th they should. Down the line. For, for now, it's, it's all about Julio, number 11. We're going to stick with him. So, and they kind of had to add a new weapon because they lost Corey Davis in free agency, who was like their number two wide receiver, who was like a number eight pick a couple years ago. So, you kind of had to add a new weapon for Ryan Tannehill. But I think what's kind of going to be funny is the Tex is the Titans. said freaking Texans. The Titans love to run the ball with Derrick Henry. And why wouldn't you? He's Derrick Henry. So it's going to be interesting to see how many, like, I say it's going to be interesting a lot. It's going to be interesting to see how many balls Julio and A.J. Brown are going to catch together. Judging if like they each both hit a thousand yards, it's gonna be interesting. All right, now the second thing I want to get into today is Tim Tebow. You never thought you never think you'd hear that name again in football, but you did. All right, so imagine this: you're really good in college at your job. Well, more not, you know, not at your job, but you're really good at like your classes. You go, to, you never have to study, all right. You just wing it every time, and and you're good at it. And everyone tells you you're good, so you don't try at all to get better. You just stick by, you know. I'm just gonna get through this. I'm gonna go to a job and be amazing, you know. I'm gonna be awesome. So you you go on that plan, and then you graduate college, and you go to a job that you are not qualified for at all. And everyone kind of knows you're not qualified. So you get in there and you and you start to do it. And it goes okay, you know. You you're putting up some numbers and then you do a project and you do pretty good on it and everyone thinks you're doing good. But then your bosses know, "All right, this guy he doesn't know at all what he's doing." So he cuts you. He fires you. And then another someone else gives you a shot. He's like, "All right, this guy's good. We're going to give him a shot. And then he cuts you again. And then you got one more guy. The He's considered one of the best bosses of all time. He's like, I'm going to give this guy a two-year contract and see what he does. And then three months into the job, he's like, nope, this guy sucks. He's gone. And then two years later, another guy gives you a shot. Another boss. And then he cuts you again. But then, but then... 
your mentor in high school, nope, college, your mentor in college is like, all right, I just became the boss in a new company and I'm gonna hire I'm gonna hire this guy because I know he can do good and he's my guy, alright? He's he's gonna come in here, he's gonna do good. That's basically my terrible analogy for Tim Tebow. So this is what his career has been like so far in the NFL, without the analogy. So he was drafted by the Broncos in the first round, twenty fifth overall. He played two seasons with them before being released, and then he ended up signing with the Jets, and then after one year, he was cut by the Jets and then signed with the Patriots with the two-year deal, and then he was cut, like, preseason week three. And then he also signed with the Philadelphia Eagles in 2015 and then was cut again. And now, he's signing in 2021. You see the difference there from, like, 2012 to 2021 and he signed with the Jaguars not to be a quarterback no 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 to be a tight end you know tight end Travis Kelsey George Kittle and then way at the bottom you got Tim Tebow I don't think the man's played tight end since like high school and okay so besides all that let's get how can he be a okay so tight ends, you usually like if you're a six three tight end, you gotta be fast, okay? Tim Tebow's six two. Are we even sure he can catch the ball? Two, he's six two, and he's slow as heck. He's very slow. So like, what are you even gonna do with him at the tight end position? He's 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 just gonna be a backup's backup. He's not even he's not no way qualified. It just doesn't make sense. He started out as a quarterback that didn't do anything, really. I mean, he got the Broncos to the playoffs one year and then was, like I said, released. He's been a baseball player, and even then he was what he was he he was in the minor leagues with the Mets, and the owner of the Mets literally came out and said after they he was like cut from the Mets, uh, double A team. Yeah, we just did it for a publicity stunt. We just did it to sell tickets. And he's he's I feel he I I don't know him personally, so I can't say this, but I've like heard people say he's a great of course I wouldn't know Tim Tebow. I mean, it'd be cool if I did, but I don't. So, he's apparently a great guy. The man's got his own website too. It's pretty I mean, it's a pretty nice website. But he goes to the Jaguars on a veteran minimum deal with no guaranteed money, a one-year deal. So what that means is they can just cut him with no consequences if they wanted to, which I'm, like, pretty sure they will because there's no point in keeping him around. Of course I can see why the Jaguars did this. Okay, so Urban Meyer was Tim Tebow's head coach when he was at Florida, where he played his college football. And they were really close. One thing, I don't know if this is necessarily funny, but it's interesting. I'm pretty sure, like, half that team that won, like, the college football championship is in jail now. Like, you had Aaron Hernandez on that team, if that puts it in perspective. 
So, Urban Meyer gets his new head coaching job in ooh, Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, it's his first he- job in the NFL. He's played in college for a little bit, been retired for a little bit. Now he's about to go to the NFL. So, I guess there's a couple of points. One, you bring Tim Tebow in to try and be like a culture setter, I guess. You know, he's seen what you do. You know him. Guys like him do that. Two, the Jaguars are not a very popular franchise. One, because people in that town mainly care about college football than pro football. So they're kind of competing to sell tickets. I think two years ago they were debating going to London, but then they had that like AFC AFC Championship push, so they didn't do that. They were debating going to London, so this could be like a gimmick to sell jerseys, which it did. He was number one and two and three for jerseys for a couple of weeks. He might still be, but he was on the top of the jersey list. <sighs> I'm just, I don't know how this is going to end. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. But, and even like Jack, oh, did I, Urban Meyer. I don't, I got Jacksonville on my mind now. Urban Meyer, they said he might even use him in like a Taysom Hill role. Which, Taysom Hill is athletic. I mean, Tim Tebow is just buff. Taysom Hill can catch the ball, he can throw the ball. We don't even know if Tim can do either of those. I don't know. The NFL is crazy. So, now into my third thing. The NBA playoffs first round just got done. So I thought I'd do a little recap for those who didn't pay attention or didn't see that it was even going on. So, Utah. The Utah Jazz beat the Memphis Grizzly. Four games to one. The Los Angeles Clippers beat the Dallas Mavericks. Four games to three. The Denver Nuggets beat the Portland Trailblazers. Four games to two. Phoenix beat the Lakers. Four games to two. The Philadelphia 76ers beat the Washington Wizards. Four games to one. The Knicks beat the Atlanta Hawks. Four games to one. The Milwaukee Bucks, go Bucks, beat the Miami Heat. They swept them 4-0. And the Brooklyn Nets beat the Boston Celtics four games to one. So, if you watched the Clippers-Dallas series, it was just interesting. Because in the first six games... The road team won each of those games. It's the first time it's happened in playoff history. So it went back and forth. And then in the last game, the Clippers finally beat the Mavericks to go on to the next round. Which, cool for them. You know, at least one LA team made it to the second round. Good, And the Clippers have never done anything in their history. So, good on you, Clippers. Good on you. You did something for once. You tightened up your pants. You paid Kawhi Leonard and traded for Paul Joyce. Now let's go do this thing and then get eliminated in the next round and then fire everybody. You got this. The Denver-Portland series. God, I feel bad for Dame. 
they haven't gotten him anybody. They fired their coach. Well, they, I'm putting quotation marks. Them and their coach mutually agreed to part ways. You know, they fired him. Dame just needs somebody else, and they could do something good. He's been extremely loyal, which in the NBA now is so rare, because he's stuck around for some bad years, and that just doesn't happen anymore. So a lot of people around the league respect him for this. So what's either going to happen is he's going to leave, go play with somebody else, or they're going to actually do something and bring him in, or bring him in some help, which would be awesome because it'd be awesome to see Dame actually win and be able to move on in the finals instead of being eliminated in the first round every year oh my god was I happy about the Phoenix Lakers series I just I am iffy on LeBron sometimes and to see him eliminated in the first round kind of felt good because I'm I'm kind of a Michael Jordan guy instead of a LeBron guy, so take that as you will. But And also to see Phoenix actually do something good. They've sucked the last decade, so to see them do something good with Devin Booker and Chris Paul, who Chris Paul has just taken that team. Chris Paul and Monty Williams, the coach, have just taken off with that team. They've been so good. It's just awesome to watch. Now, the Philadelphia Wizards series, it was pretty cut and dry, you know. Philadelphia kind of just destroyed them. There's not really much to talk about there. The Knicks, Atlanta. The Knicks have the Knicks have also been one of those teams that have sucked for a decade. So to see them make the playoffs was nice for the fan base and for, like, everyone in the NBA because that's all people could talk about. Oh, my God, the Knicks are good. Shouldn't the team always be good? But, um, I'm kidding. But to see the Knicks win was apparently interesting. Of course, they then got eliminated by the Atlanta Hawks and Hunt for Fouls, Trey Young. Uh, Trey Young, I, I will admit though, Trey Young is fun to watch. <laughs> just the way he plays and how many points he'll just put up on any given night, it's so interesting to watch. But uh, one other interesting thing, Monty, not Monty Williams, oh, is it Tom Thibodeau, the Knicks coach, actually won Coach of the Year. So that's, I mean, good on, good on you, Monty. That's awesome. Good on you. I was very happy to see the Milwaukee Bucks sweep the Heat. It just, it just felt good in my heart. Because <sighs> Miami did defeat the Bucks last year. Of course, I wasn't a Bucks fan last year. But for those, for those Buck fans who have been there for a while, you know, good to see the Bucks do not get eliminated this early. Of course, they are down 2-0 with Brooklyn. I will admit, not a good situation to be in. But hey... They can turn it around. Come on, Giannis. We need you right now. We we need you. Just keep dunking that ball. Harden, keep being injured. Don't be on the court. We don't need that. Harden, keep being injured. And Brooklyn and Boston. Fun to see Tatum in the playing game. Scored like 50 points. 
But I think everyone knew Brooklyn was going to win this series. Boston is just... It's just not their time right now. They... Okay. So Brad Stevens, the head coach, after the season, after they lost, got moved up to, like, the GM of basketball, basically. So now they have a coaching opening. They're going to hire a new coach. And so they're going to keep Jason Tatum, obviously. He's their superstar. And then Kemble Walker and Marcus Smart, they're big question marks this season on if they're going to trade them, keep them. It's just totally up to Brad Stevens now. I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, you think he'd have to trade one of them away, maybe, so they could pay Jason Tatum in the future. Because Kemble Walker, I think, has a max contract. And that's not good if you have three people who you're paying a crap ton of money because then your bench isn't as good. <sighs> okay, how long is... Okay, so this hasn't actually been going for that long. So I think I, I'll... You know what? I'll do it. I'll go into my fourth thing. So what I decided to do as a little exercise for myself, another podcast I've been listening to, The Draft Dudes, which you should go check out. They're so fun. I listen to them every morning. It's like what I do when I wake up. They're doing, and they're like, they're actually two professional scouts who work for the Draft Network. So it's not, so it's not like me who I have no idea what I'm doing. They actually know what they're doing and are good at their jobs. Um, they do this thing right now where they are taking, from each division, they are putting a team together from the four teams. So it's like NFC roster, AFC, well, NFC South roster, AFC South roster, and they're just doing that. So I decided to do my own version of that, but what I did is I took a player from each NFL team and kind of made my own dream team. Obviously, I. so when I was doing this, I kind of thought I might do this in the future too. I, did, I don't have salary cap on right now, but in the future I might try to do this again and have like, think about the salary cap and these players' salaries, because I just... I just put the players down. I didn't really go that deep into it. All right. So for the Kansas City Chiefs, I chose Travis Kelsey. No, no, no. I chose Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league. Yeah, the best quarterback in the league. For the Ravens, I chose tackle Ronnie Stanley. For the Bengals, defensive tackle Geno Atkins. For the 49ers, tight end George Kittle. For the Packers, quarterback Jory Alexander. For the Saints, tackle Ryan Ramzik. For the Patriots, cornerback Stefan Gilmore. For the Eagles, center Jason Kelsey. For the Raiders, tight end Darren Waller. For the Bears, linebacker Khalil Mack. For the Falcons, defensive tackle Grady Jarrett. For the Broncos, free safety Justin Simmons. For the Browns, D-end Miles Garrett. For the Bills, wide receiver Stefan Diggs. For the Broncos, cornerback Xavier Howard. For the Vikings, wide receiver Justin Jefferson. For the Steelers, tackle Cameron Hayward. For the Colts, guard Quinton Nelson. For the Jets, quarterback Zach Wilson. For the Rams, cornerback Jalen Ramsey. For the Lions, tackle Panay Sewell. For the Buccaneers, wide receiver Chris Godwin. For the Giants, running back Saquon Barkley. For the Texans, tackle Laramie Tunsil. For the Chargers, safety Derwin James. For the Panthers, D-end Brian Burns. 
For the Jaguars, running back James Robinson. For the Seahawks, linebacker Bobby Wagner. For the Cardinals, wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. For the Washington football team, D-end Chase Young. For the Titans, running back Derrick Henry. And for the Cowboys, tackle Zach Martin. Now, when I was doing this, I basically just tried to take the best player or one of the best players and kind of build my mishmashed roster. Some teams was harder than I thought because, like, for the Lions, they have really no star players. So I just thought, okay, Panay Sewell is supposed to be a pretty good tackle, so I'll just take him and he'll be a backup. For the Giants, it was like Saquon Barkley is literally the only best player you can think of off the top of your head. For the Texans, Laramie Tunsil is easily their best player because they got nobody else except if you want to like look at their running back. They have have a couple good running backs. Phillip Lindsay from the Broncos, he signed there. He's pretty dang good. For the Titans... You have to go Derrick Henry for the Titans. I mean, what else? If you don't go Derrick Henry for the Titans, what are you doing? For oh, the Chargers, Derwin James, he's just an amazing safety. So, of course, I got to go that, right? For the Colts, Quentin Nelson is just one of the best linemen in the NFL. And I'd want that if I was a quarterback. And then for the Jets... Basically, I'm like, alright, I got Patrick Mahomes. I'm probably going to need a backup. I'll just take Zach Wilson. See what happens. So for the Patriots, I didn't really... So at first, they have a corner, J.C. Jackson. I I don't know how, but I completely forgot about Stephon Gilmore. I was kind of embarrassed at myself. But they, the first person who I thought of for the... Patriots was J.C. Jackson, an undrafted corner from 2018. But then I looked at the depth chart, and I'm like, I just completely forgot Stephon Gilmore was on this team. Well, I think I'll go Stephon Gilmore. Yeah. I originally thought of J.C. Jackson. (laughs) For the Bears, Cleo Mack is obviously the obvious pick here. I mean, it's Khalil Mack. Oh, what's what's another one? Hmm. I got like a list in front of me I'm looking at. Miles Garrett, the the NBA superstar if you wanted to be. If you've seen those videos, Miles Garrett. Xavier Howard from the Broncos. The man had ten interceptions last season. It's crazy. For the Packers, I kinda had a debate with myself. Cause I'm thinking, do I wanna go Aaron Jones? Devontae Adams, or do I want to go Jari Alexander? And to myself, I just thought, alright, I need some corners. I can find wide receivers elsewhere. So, and Alexander is an amazing corner, so I'll just put him here. The hardest, like, position group, though, for me, was linemen and defensive tackles. Because I don't know those that well. So I resulted to a lot of, like, lists that people put their best tackles. I know... I. I'm supposed to talk about sports, and I should know this, but I just don't know those positions that well. So, okay, I knew Grady Jarrett was pretty good, and I knew Quentin Nelson, but the rest were like, all right, let's see what we got here. 
Now, let's go to the starting lineup. For wide receiver, Stefan Diggs would be the number one. And then in the slot, we're going to have Justin Jefferson. And then for the O-line, we're going to have Ronnie Stanley at tackle, Quentin Nelson at guard, Jason Kelsey at tackle, Martin at guard, and Ryan Ramzik at right tackle. For tight end, Kittle. And then Waller, if we want to do like a package with Waller and Kittle. And then DeAndre Hopkins, the number two wide receiver. And then Derrick Henry. So what I was thinking with the running backs is I'd put Barkley if I wanted to go like pass catching. Because Barkley's really good at that. And then Henry if I just want to bulldoze somebody. If I just want to be like, if I just want to get a stiff arm on a highlight reel, I'll put Henry in. And then for safeties on the defense. Oh, and then obviously quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Maybe I'll put Zach Wilson in some like wildcat packages. But how can you not go Mahomes? It's freaking Mahomes. Okay, for strong safety, we got James, or just safety in general. He can play anywhere. Free safety, Justin Simmons. Just got a big contract. Good for him. I think, is he the highest paid safety now? He's, he's, I think he is actually. He might be the highest paid safety. Bobby Wagner, one of the best linebackers of all time. And then Khalil Mack. Oh, one thing that I also did for linebacker, I debated if I wanted to go Bobby Wagner or Fred Warner from the 49ers. But then with that, it came down to, because they're both really good. And a lot of people consider Fred Warner above Bobby Wagner. But I, I was like, I got to get Kittle. I got to get one. I got to either get Kittle or Kelsey. And I'm not going to debate with Patrick Mahomes. He's my guy. So I got to go him. So I ended up with Bobby Wagner and Khalil Mack because it's Khalil Mack. Now for corners, you got Ramsey and Alexander playing the outside, and then Howard in the slot. And then for end, you got Young and Garrett. That would be a crazy duo in real life. All of these would be crazy because it's a dream team. But to see that in real life, to see just Young and Garrett ripping it up, I would I'd pay pretty good money to see that. And then for tackle, we got Atkins and Hayward. And the inside, just about to bull rush some guards and centers. So, this was actually pretty fun to put together. It took me probably two hours, maybe. But I think I might do it again and, but like, do more restrictions on myself, you know, put cab space in order. Maybe only one division, like the draft dudes do. But hopefully, this was entertaining and not just me rambling on. But I think that's where I'm going to end it today. Huh, this one's actually shorter than the last one. I thought it'd go a lot longer than it did. Hopefully I talked well enough and explained things well enough and didn't ramble on like an idiot. And then again, if you could, since this thing is still new and not many people know about it, if you could help me get the word out, tell your friends or anybody, just let them know, hey, there's this thing that I listen to on Spotify, YouTube, and I think it's now on like Google Podcasts and a couple other things. If you just want to listen to it, if you like it, just tell people about it. It could help me out a great deal. Hope you all have a great rest of your day. And I'll see you in the next one. Goodbye.